The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour with your hosts, Joe Bond. Ah, you're awful. <laughs> and A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. Right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, Mr. AJ Applegarth. What is up, man? Are you muted? Wait, way to start off much. the show, man. Um, <laughs> totally, Welcome to Amateur Hour. Really nailed that. <laughs> uh, what is up? Apparently, not my volume. Um, <clears throat> And by that, I mean my mute button. You can't blame the producer for that. Nah, no, we cannot, Mike. I mean, I, I could, but yeah, I'd be blaming by omission. So. <laughs> All right. So tonight we are going to be starting our fantasy baseball shows for the draft season and hopefully beyond. Come on, owners and players, come to an agreement, please. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, we're going to be talking some some baseball prospects uh, that you should be interested in this season and maybe beyond. Um, but first, got to let you guys know about our Fantasy Six Pack Series League. Um, we're going to be doing a, a, a multi-division league with an overall champion, some division champions. With our, you know, over there on Fan Tracks, it's a head-to-head daily league. Or not head-to-head daily, sorry. It is a daily league, but it's Roto. Um, And if you want to sign up, uh, the URL is in the ticker there, tinyurl.com slash F6P series. It'll be in the show notes as well. Um, And look, if you guys have not played on Fantrax before, go ahead and create your account, fantrax.com slash fantasy six-pack. And look, if you you play fantasy baseball and you have not played a fan fan tracks before i highly recommend it man it, it is my favorite site to play on, by far uh the most customizable it's free um and it's it's, it's open year round that's the coolest thing man it's year round like you don't have to wait for you know whoever i'm not gonna name names to to open up their fantasy baseball for the for the year that's what got me to change ultimately and <laughs> yeah. I, i'll never yeah i will never turn back um you know it makes keeper leagues and dynasty leagues super easy really it does um and you have so, so much more flexibility with with all of those um i love it and um you know i i know there's you know the big beef in the past people had with it was there was no app Guess what? They created an app. Uh, so they heard you, and, and they and and, you shall receive. Right? They they finally did it, and uh, you know. So there's no more complaining about. It. There's no app. Uh, the, but regardless, the whole site was mobile friendly anyway. So like, there was no reason yeah. not to do it. Uh, I I I love the product, and and like the other thing is like the player pool is so deep compared to other sites too. Like, you know, especially if you're in those dynasty and those deep keeper leagues, all, everybody's available. Um, yeah. And if there's somebody not available, just email them and they'll make them available. <laughs> they do it really quickly. So uh, it's a fantastic site. Um, I highly recommend using it if you do not. And again, fancy six or fantracks.com slash fancy six pack to create your, to create your account and get your league started over there. Um, but anyway, without further ado, we're going to um, move on here and, and bring on our guest of the week. And it is a, a show favorite 
Chris Blessing from Baseball HQ. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? We are good. What a uh, awesome. So, awesome. This is going to be a good night. Yeah, Absolutely. we uh we we look forward to the to the shows we have with you. We usually do two a year. Uh one before the season to talk about the upcoming prospects that people should uh, be paying attention to. And then, you know, we, we do one after, you know, about a month or so after the uh, MLB first year player draft, uh, you know, give, give time for people to sign and to, you know, allow to talk about a type of deal. But uh, yeah, uh, we look forward to talking and great information from you every single time. So, before we move on, though, man, uh, I think we got to do our show favorite. This beer of the week. Mm, beer. All right, man. So I saw on Twitter you had to do a beer run today. So yeah. what? Uh, what you got for us? Yeah, I, my original plan was actually to go to Dalton Brewing, which is in town, and uh, pick up some mango IPA, but. Uh, it was pouring rain when Sounds I left good. work, and I didn't feel like <laughs> I didn't feel like going uh, getting wet. So uh, later on, I went and got some uh, in honor of the UGA Bulldogs winning the national championship. I got some uh, Creature Comforts uh, Automatic Pale Ale. All right, uh, this is uh, automatic for the people. Uh, restaurant in Athens, Weaver D's. Awesome soul food. Also, the name of an album by REM. Who are also from Athens, Georgia. So we're gonna, uh, you know, toast uh, UGA in Athens, Georgia tonight with some creature comforts. Yeah, man, go go dogs! I got a uh, an, an ex boss of mine who uh, who was a big bulldog fan, and I was I was texting him before the before the national championship. Like, think you guys are finally gonna take him down? <laughs> he was like, I have no idea. We never do, so I don't know. <laughs> but it finally happened, man. Congrats to them. And, finally. And, uh, all, yeah, I know, right? It's just, it feels finally. like it's been forever since they've beaten Alabama. So, all right, AJ, what you got? Said instead of a uh, hashtag suck at Keith, which is a, also a show <laughs> favorite, I will, for you, Chris, say hashtag suck at Nick and suck at Bama. Um, I loved it. I was that was phenomenal. So as I crack this one open, going to the other side here um, with some other half brewings, stacks on stacks, nice. double dry hopped Imperial IPA, and it's stacks of cash, fat stacks of <laughs> cash, which is what all these baseball players are hoping to get sometime soon. Um, or if you're Bobby Bonilla, just forever. So, cheers. Cool. All right, and I'm drinking a True Respite to Mountains. It's a hazy IPA, 7.2%. It's a very uh, colorful, artful can. I, I really like it. Um, it's one of the one of the better ones I've seen. So, uh, it's one of the reasons why it just kind of grabbed my attention in the store but it's a good one man i gave it a uh i think i gave this one a four on untapped if not a four and a quarter it's, it's really tasty um but cheers guys let's have a good show uh you guys you guys have uh full tilt near you right mm-hmm. i think yeah that's close yes we do yep. yeah that's close i i i um in the fall i had some sticky stuff from there thought of you guys that's the eno saris beer uh, i was lucky enough to get oh. my hands on some of that uh, nice. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. But yeah, uh, I thought of you guys while I was drinking it because uh, <laughs> that's cool. It was, uh, I think, Baltimore. I think it's in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I yes, it is. Up. 
up close to there. So uh, I was actually able to drink one of your local breweries. Nice. Good stuff, man. Alrighty. Uh, so yeah, let's jump into uh, our prospect talk here. And we're going to start off. We're just going to kind of run down the line here and uh, with the position and start off with catcher. And we're going to start off with uh, Mr. Adley Rushman. Uh, you know, he's, he's the cream of the crop of, the, of this group by, by quite a long shot. It feels like, um, some circles, he's the number one overall prospect just based off position. Really. I don't think people think he's the best overall, like offensive player. So maybe not for fantasy purposes, he's the number one, but overall number one prospect because he's a catcher. Yes. Um, you know, what's, what's your thoughts about him actually breaking camp with the Orioles and, uh, you know, what would be your expectation be from him this season? Well, I think the first thing is, you know, kind of, I'm going to clean up what you just kind of said about him being a number one prospect and all that kind of stuff. The combination of the whole package from defense to throwing to how he calls a game to how he hits a switch hitter with a, a hit tool and power. Um, they don't come around often. Obviously, Orioles fans uh, like yourselves uh, remember Matt Wieters. And, yes. You know, I mean, Matt Wieters did have a good career, but didn't end up being as great as a lot of people thought he was. Yeah. Is that fair? I, I do remember the hype. I definitely do. I think that it's, I think this is, this guy has a better chance of verifying. Now, whether he starts uh, the season, I'm looking at the Orioles. If I was an Orioles fan, uh, of course, I would want to see him as soon as possible because, well, let's be honest, uh, the the product outside of Cedric Mullins, uh, maybe not the best uh, right now. Um, however, I think it, it, it makes sense for them to wait. Um, we'll see how this labor situation, how the collective yeah. bargaining agreement is. Excuse me, I'm already burping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I promise I did not drink before I came in tonight. Usually I do that, and it's a bad omen for the rest of the broadcast. So, uh, but it's anyway, fit right in, man. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway, um, we don't know what that is going to be. So if there's changes to the collective bargaining agreement where there's this no manipulation going on, uh, I believe that Adley Rushman is ready to to get major league at bats now what we will see from him you know who really knows uh, again catcher when they debut tend to not debut uh swimmingly um you know buster posey might have been the last one and he might be the most comparable guy uh to him even though he's not a switch hitter a guy that uh was seemingly ready to go when he came in as a major leaguer and you know really the last great catching prospect uh my belief is there's not a better combination any position of hit and power than Adley Rushman. Uh, hmm. Put that as a split as a switch hitter. Uh, that's deadly. Of course, we're concerned, just like we were with left-handed hitting Joe Mauer. You know, we saw what concussions did to his career. What other you know knickknack uh, like little injuries. Uh, you know, there's always that threat at catcher, uh, but. For, for my purposes, I really believe that, like, Rushman is the best catcher in baseball. And, like, I only I have him as my number two fantasy prospect as well, which is, hmm. uh, you know, I'll, 
I mean, guys don't want to go that high on catchers. I'm not scared with this guy because I, I, I'm looking at the data right now and I see how he's handled things. And, uh, like, he, he's glowing. Like, everything glows <clears throat> off, the, off the screen here. So uh, his, expected, his expected stats um, that are on the sheet basically indicate that he should be a um, – at least an average major league catcher to start out with offensively. But I think it's going to be a little more than that. He hits the ball awfully hard, and uh, he has contact skills. And that's one thing we do look at uh, when we're trying to project rookie catchers. Uh, we saw that with Stevenson last year with the Reds, a guy mm-hmm. who's always had a high contact rate uh, throughout his time in the minor leagues. And that's that's something that Rushman can say he's has. And, and you know, there, there's a few other catchers too that that kind of fall in that category this year too. Well, so before we jump into other ones, I got one more question about Rushman, and I know that he's been jumping around and not playing full time catcher in the minors. He's been jumping around playing, you know, a little DH, a little first base. Is there anything to that that you know the Orioles might actually do that with him? You know, because you can't be behind the plate every day, right? But they want to keep his no, bat in the lineup. Um, so. You know, to keep his bat in the lineup, do you think the Orioles would actually move him around into other positions to keep his bat in the lineup? And I mean, that would only just like solidify his fantasy value, uh, you know, a hundred yeah. times, in my opinion. When you're scouting a guy, you're, you know, and we're talking about non fantasy right now. When you're scouting right. a guy, you're trying to figure out what role they, they, they fill. And, and you get a role sheet from role two, which is like an organizational guy, a guy you don't spend much time on, a guy that, probably doesn't get out of double a or even gets to double a and then you go up all the way to roll eight roll eight's a hall of fame player you never want to assign a roll eight to anybody. It's, just, <laughs> it's it's not a good thing because then that's what you're living by uh with that organization or or with that website if you're saying mm-hmm. that this guy's the next coming of whatever uh i fully believe he is the one roll seven player that has a possibility to be a roll seven player a perennial all-star at catcher because of everything that he does, like he can, uh, he's improved tremendously. I saw him in spring training in 2020, uh, and of course, I only saw him in video last year. But you could you could see the maturation from then to now uh, behind home plate. He and and the reports also is that he's uh, a guy that pitchers like to throw to. So like, I don't know if he necessarily if you're the Orioles want to have him be moved around uh but if you are the a fantasy manager that has shares of him uh you want to see him move around a little yeah. play a little first base play a little dh but you know most regular catchers start five out of every six games uh we've got a lot of platoons going on that are like four and two or three and three mm-hmm. these days but like if let's say that sixth game he's dh um two of the two of the four times two two of the four weeks of the month that's two extra games yeah, or he'll take if they it. throw him at first base again another an, another chance to get at bats uh but I, I i don't see like as the baseball man that i don't see why you would not have a play catcher yeah, I mean, obviously, I think catcher would be his primary role. I was just saying, like, maybe on his off days, you know. Oh, yeah, I know what you were saying. a bunch. So just something to think about. Um, so you mentioned other catchers, and, you know, a guy that we've probably brought up the last two years is Joey Bart. Uh, I know he's out there, but there's a bunch of other guys. But, like, 
I'm kind of wondering a little more about him, but you know, just kind of what happened to his prospects, you know, glow, I guess. Uh, and then, you know, anybody else that we should maybe keep an eye on? Well, with Bart, one of, one of the many things that when you're projecting guys and when you're at the ballpark, you're trying to see into the future. You're trying to see what they are right now, what they're looking at right this second. And I got to see a lot of Bart at Georgia Tech. He was a Georgia Tech draftee, uh, second pick overall by the Giants. I forget what year, 2017, 2018, around there. I'm not, not 100% sure. I think it was 2017. Uh, anyway, Joey Bart has dealt with tons of injuries. And anytime you miss development time, especially when you're a catcher, when you're trying to learn pitching staffs, how uh, to game plan in the major leagues, all those kind of things, that is something that eventually catches up with you. And I think that's what's happened to Joey Bart. Uh, power is still real. I worry a little bit about the contact. I didn't have him necessarily too high in my fantasy 100 at baseball hq this year uh, i think he ended up being higher in our um combined list than than i had him at um mostly because there's there's a few of our writers that that like him a little more uh i prefer somebody you know for this year maybe a gabriel moreno who's a blue jays prospect i know that the blue jays have uh have kirk and they have jansen mm -hmm. at catcher uh, Moreno's a guy who's a really good athlete. He's a guy that they worked out at third base uh, some last year. Uh, he had an injury. He's a, a very good high hit tool. I saw him in 2019 uh, playing for Lansing when I made a trip over to Cleveland and got to see the Lake County uh, captains, uh, the farm system of the Indians face off against Lansing. Just really impressive. He's kind of an under radar guy at that point. And, um, uh, you know, has really come to his uh, own high contact rate guy. Another guy who there's been arguments all off season whether he is a prospect still or not. We've got this little weird fantasy, uh, or not fantasy, uh, service time thing in 2020 because of COVID. That we're not quite sure, guys. And I've seen baseball reference say that he's a prospect. I've seen him say that he's not a prospect. Right now, when I checked yesterday, he was still a prospect, and that's uh, Kibut Ruiz. Uh, who's All right. a prospect who's now with the Nationals. Uh, another yeah. guy who's always had a high contact rate. Uh, so high contact rate catchers tend to, when they debut, outperform the non, you know, the more power laden type guys, the guys that are uh, relying on, you know, driving the ball out of the ballpark, like uh, MJ Melendez, who could be up with the Royals this year. Uh, Melendez is a, a heck of a power prospect and a guy that's really coming to his own. Uh, let me see it. I, I wrote down another name, Luis uh, Capasano. I don't. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about him the last few years. Yeah. Uh, he had a terrible start to last season. Seemed to come along. Uh, looked like he was going to get a late season uh, call back up to San Diego. Ended up getting injured. So, you know, one of those guys kind of on the peripherals of uh, of our, you know, guys that we're looking at. But a guy that very real could you know, maybe get 300 to 400 at-bats this year. All right. Good stuff. All right. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move it over to the first base position then and talk about a guy whose name I love saying, and that's Spencer Torkelson. Torkelson. Um, I, you know, this guy is obviously a top, top 10 overall player on pretty much 
every prospect list I've looked at. Um, power is not in question. The batting average uh, has some steep declines um, at each level in the minors, though. So does that worry you, or is that something that we should be worried about? Performance is not necessarily a thing that I look at when I'm uh, scouting guys. It's something that when I go and I sit down and, and crunch some stats, that's when I uh, you know, kind of delve into that kind of stuff. Uh, this year I got to see – Torkelson play in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, got to see him in the first game. I actually posted the first at bat to my new TikTok channel. Yes. Oh. I'm on TikTok now. I'm gonna, You're cooler uh, than we are, apparently. Well, I, 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 saw, <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I saw my buddy at Prospect Live, Joe Drake, doing it, and I figured uh, I might as well do it as well. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I, 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 I haven't told him that yet, but that's why I popped up there. But that, that's why I popped up there. I saw him doing it. I was like, Hmm, way to get more followers, way to get you know, maybe yeah. more subscriptions. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, maybe get noticed. Or the uh, shot. I don't know who would notice me at 41 years old, but uh, you know, I'm the old guy now on TikTok. So, um, anyway, <laughs> um, I, I posted that bat, uh, uh, between him and Mackenzie Gore. And, um, it, it really makes Mackenzie Gore look better than he really is. Um, but it kind of shows a progression of what, what pitchers were doing to him. And it's something that. Uh, you know, kind of took place at Arizona State where, where Torkelson was prior to being drafted by the Tigers. Uh, pitchers tended to, you know, if they got into good counts, they tended to – when you're attacking a guy, every guy except for Barry Bonds in his prime has a hole in their swing somewhere. And it's just a matter of getting to it and exploiting it. And for that pit, for that hitter, it's – it's a matter of trying to figure out whether, you know, how, how you protect against that. And Torkelson has always been kind of susceptible to uh, fastballs and change-ups uh, to the lower and, and away from him. He's a right-handed uh, batter. So watching him against Mackenzie Gore, uh, the first two at-bats, Gore, Gore has to be, like, perfect. Gore's, Gore's pitch... Uh, um, his pitch profile, like it, it's totally different. I, I saw somebody recently say, if somebody tells you um, to be off of Mackenzie Gore, not to follow him, I'm going to tell you the guy that I saw all last year on video and stuff. Mackenzie Gore is probably a guy I'm not. I'm not rostering. I don't think he should roster. I don't think anybody should roster until he can prove he's he, he has the pitches to, to get guys out in the command. Well, anyway, two great at bats against Torkelson. Uh, essentially setting him up, uh, you know, in and then going away um, with soft stuff. And Torkelson rolled over the one that I did the TikTok video of. He swung through a, a, a two-seam fastball, or it was probably a four-seam fastball, but with two-seam movement down in the zone uh, for the second at bat. Third at bat, Gore missed by very little bit. Torkelson slammed a double down the line. So... What that tells me is he saw how Gore was pitching him. While most young hitters are not going to make that adjustment, Torkelson just zeroed in on that. And that's something that at Arizona State against better pitching, even though he dominated, like he could completely dominate. We didn't quite see that two years ago. Now we're starting to see that. I don't fear the hit tool. I think that he was aggressively promoted. I think a lot of that was that the Tigers knew he could handle it. Like they – 
it, it, it's almost seemingly that they want him, wanted him to figure it out. Like this is a new concept for a guy that has pretty much dominated wherever he's been. You want that guy to struggle before he gets to the major leagues with something and dig himself out. Because I'm going to tell you, the major leagues are going to figure that out. Right, yeah. And so yeah. he's figured it out. Uh, I, and I believe, I, I think he got injured or something. He was he didn't play long in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, I was only there for a weekend. I didn't care about the Fall League until I saw the Fall Stars game and he wasn't there. So, um, but yeah, like I, I think I learned a lot from him that day. And I think that he shouldn't be worried about the batting average. I think that he's, uh, you know, the hit and power tool are both sound. All right. Good stuff. All right, so that brings us to uh, the next guy up, basically, and that's uh, Tristan uh, Casas. Um, I mean, he, he, like you said, he's the next guy up. I mean, he, he could definitely fill a pretty large void at first base for the Sox here. Um, do you think that he gets that call up um, sooner rather than later? Uh, he's a guy that, like, I don't know if he's fully developed yet. I don't, I don't, I, like, I love his projection. I, I'm a little higher on him than some other people. I know that there's some people that are, that have him ranked around where I have him ranked. I think I have him ranked around somewhere between 10 and 15, uh, which is very odd for me to have two first basemen in my top 20. Like, uh, usually you don't touch first base, but I know Torkelson's playing third base, but like, he's a first baseman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, 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 the thing is with Cassis is he hits the ball so hard and I still haven't seen like the launch angle. Uh, the It's very heavy topspin. It, it, it reminds me of, you know, oh God, I can't think of the dude's name. Well, anyway, lots of topspin on his uh, line drives. Uh, saw him hit a home run in May, at, at Mesa during the fall league. Uh, I was sitting with uh, Brad Johnson, the fantasy writer and, uh, just absolutely pounded the ball. Um, dude has a lot of strength. Uh, but again, I, I have a history with him as well. Seen him since 2018. I've seen him develop. I've seen him pretty much change the way that it, a lot of this reminds me of, and I know it's a right-handed hitting, hitter that I'm going to compare this to, but a lot of his development reminds me of Austin Riley in the sense that at times, Riley didn't look like he could catch up to fastballs. At times, it looked like Riley, you know, struggled with expanding the zone, that kind of thing. And then Riley finally put it all together last year, right? Uh, not similar hitters. Uh, I've heard the comps. Uh, people like to throw Freddie Freeman comps on Cassis, which is very unfair. It's it's not uh, different body types. Yes, similar swing profile, but like. I, I don't I don't see them as similar players, if that makes sense. They're left-handed, they're you know, have similar stances, but I don't see them as similar players. Uh but with Cassis, he's made adjustments throughout his development, which have uh cleaned up his swing mechanics. And I do believe he might have a tougher time when he debuts, uh when that time comes. I just think that he'll eventually get out of it, if that makes sense. I'm being really general here. No, well, so, yeah. like, I guess the, the, the secondary question with Casas, right, is, like, you know, we mentioned the void at first base for the Red Sox, and, yeah, I mean, they had Bobby Dahl back there, and, yeah, he hit 25 bombs last year, and that's cool, but, like, Bobby wasn't, wasn't really that 
good overall last season. And so, like, who's better? And, you know, is it worth bringing Casas up if Dahlbeck is still there? Uh, I think so. I mean, I'm, I've am i never been the biggest, uh, even though I, I always liked Bobby Dahlbeck as a pitcher, to be honest. I thought he was, <laughs> I thought he'd make a better pitcher, uh, not a first baseman. Um, Interesting. I mean, they're very not similar players. We're talking about right. a guy that, you know, Cassis at this point's not chasing. Uh, he's not swinging and missing anymore. Uh, he's taking walks. Uh, the thing that's different here is like, you know, if, if you built a perfect player for first base for the Redskins, you take Dahlback's power and Cassis's contact and marry it together and you would have like the perfect uh, perfect first baseman, um, <laughs> but that's that's not going to happen. This is a guy that still hasn't found his power stroke um, in today's game, especially the way that the uh, Red Sox lineup is constructed. I don't see Cass kind of overtaking Dalbach unless Dalbach is uh, um, struggling and or or injured. I mean, uh, yeah. that's a good. It's a good problem the Red Sox have right now is that they do have. Um, some depth up there that could contribute. And, you know, Cassis has played a little third base. I don't know if you would necessarily want him at third base, but um, I mean, there's there's, flexibility at least. There's flex. I mean, uh, Dalbeck was a third baseman at one one time or another. Um, And I don't, I mean, I'm so, I'm so lost on these rosters right now. Be honest. I'm like completely checked out during the lockout. Like it's just yeah, it, it's tough. It really is tough. I, I've done my uh, even for my rankings. Like I've done my initial rankings, and then I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'll wait and see what happens. I'll talk. There's guys that are there's guys that have signed out. You know, they haven't even signed yet, so it's it's tough to yeah. really you know finalize things. But we gotta you know we gotta we gotta do our best here to to, to give the the listeners and the, and the readers what they what they want and what they need so speaking of that man let's jump over to second base and we've got uh leading off here with second base gotta talk about nolan gorman a guy who actually we've had our eye on for a while it feels like um but he was third base now of course nolan arenado signed with the with the cards and and so as much as we, you know, there was talk before Arenado signed that, you know, Gorman could get a late call up in 2021. That clearly didn't happen. He needed the move positions and did and did very well, um, in my opinion. Um, you know, the one thing that I noticed with Gorman is that he cut down his K rate pretty good at, at each level. Um, and so I think that bodes very well for him. You know, that's, that's something you see a lot of these prospects struggle with, especially early on. It's just massive strikeout numbers, right? Um, so, you know, what do you what do you think his impact can be once he finally gets once the once he finally gets the call up? I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. I'm I'm maybe not necessarily on him as much as uh, others are, and primarily, I, I'm very concerned uh, specifically. Um, and we're going to get into this probably later as well. Triple uh, A right now, or I should say, in 2021, had a juice ball, uh, and I think it's it's very much has affected the evaluations of of hitters, especially in Triple A in 2021. Uh, Gorman did not see an increase in exit velocity like a lot of guys did so that's one thing that's concerning so he's making more contact but it's not as 
it's not as quality. It's it's not as good of contact. Um, okay. If that makes sense, that's, that's no, it does. Yeah, the best way to say it. I think I I used incorrect English. No, you're but, good. Uh, I think everybody gets it. <laughs> now his his uh, walk rate is depressing, and so those two combinations lend me to some concern with Mr. Gorman. Uh, okay. I, I worry that he's won't be ready essentially next season. Uh, and I don't necessarily, again, know what the Cardinals plan is. I know obviously it's not third base, um, but like for, for me, I'd be very concerned with kind of counting on him as a rookie next season. No, that's fair enough. Um, I mean, yeah, the Cardinals seem to always have death in a whole lot of places. So, I mean, I don't think, Gorman is somebody that I'm drafting in any fantasy league, but definitely like he gives a call up. I, I would probably, you know, burn a, burn a, burn a waiver on him. If I, if I needed to like, just to take a chance. Cause I think, I think there's a little upside with him. I, I personally like, I, I like what I see, you know, here and there from him, but I mean, I, I hear your concerns too. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a long swing with, with a lot of holes. And that's, that's All right. huh? again, that's another thing that's just not, you know, I'm, I'm, I hate to down the kid. Uh, and like, that's one of the things we, it, as, as writers and stuff, we're, we're, we, we get into this thing where we only shine the positives and there are, and, and I feel like I'm shining too much negative. I mean, this kid is extremely talented kid. He's gotten the triple a, he's a top 50 prospect. Uh, and that's even with my little glass half empty, uh, review here. I just don't think that he's, he's a primetime player yet. But see, that's what we need to hear, though, because, yeah. you know, everybody, <laughs> everybody, you know, looks at all the positives when they're talking about, especially a lot of these prospects and these guys are going to get called up. They always want to see, you know, oh, man, the next best thing. Everybody wants, you know, the next, you know, these great players to come up. Right. They're not all going to be that. So, like, when you tell us things like that, well, maybe maybe I'll think twice about it. Uh, well, I mean, I, so. yeah, and, and it's funny that, you know, I just thought about a moment at first pitch Arizona several years ago where I just was like, I was downing Zach Collins when he was a prospect. Uh, and I want to say I was right. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, somebody stopped me and he's like, what did he personally do to you? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> I, he can't catch and he can't hit. I, I don't know why anyone <laughs> really likes him. I, uh, you know, it's not what he did to me. It's what he's doing to himself. This is <laughs> this this guy has. There, there. I mean, we're not talking about a black hole here. Uh, yeah, there's some contact. I'd like to see more patience. I like to see harder contact. Uh, I like the fact that he's brought some patience uh, or brought um, some additional contact to his game. Uh, but of course, in today's game, we we, we want to see guys their seventy fifth or ninetieth uh, uh, percentile exit velocity not drop, and that that's kind of what happened from uh, one season to the next, or well, actually two seasons to the next since right. Yeah, yeah, there was no yeah. So another guy here, uh, Vidal Brujan, Brujan, he. You know, he debuted late last season, um, but still considered a prospect. My thing with him, honestly, is just like he's he seems like just one of those like speed only dudes. And so like in fantasy, yeah, I mean, if you're chasing speed, cool. But honestly, I don't even know how much playing time he's going to get. 
if he's going to even start the season with the Rays. Like, I don't know. It's just what do you what do you think is going to happen with with him? Well, I've always been really high on him, and I was actually looking at one of my uh, competitors. My good friend James Anderson came out with his top uh, 400 the other day, and he dropped him uh, a lot more than I dropped him. Um, and, I, you know, it was warranted. He dropped him, you know, it's a warranted need to have dropped him. Uh, Brujan came out looking like dynamite last year. We're talking about a guy that was always a hit over power guy who all of a sudden was – tapping into power uh hit like seven home runs through the first month of the year something ridiculous i mean this is not that guy um right. i like he was hitting I, I and we know now the juice the ball was juiced and stuff but he got here he thought he was willie mays hayes oh man he <laughs> was all of the mechanics all of his he just came undone um I'm still high on him because I, I the, again, um, and this is something that uh, Ron Chandler, uh, who is the mm-hmm. um, founder yeah. of Baseball HQ and and uh, um, all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, apparently I messed up on my Gorman thing. Somebody just uh, somebody just messaged me. <laughs> his max was down, but his ninetieth was up. Uh, so uh, whoever that was, thank you on that one. Uh, see, I, I I have phone of friends here. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that works, man. You know that? That's pretty good. It's like we've got extra good, guests right? with us, man. I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Reinforcements. Yeah, you, you just don't know who it is. Uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, but, but Rujan is a guy that he had this skill, and it was a contact skill, and I saw that concept, contact skill uh, when he was in A-ball, when he was in double-A, and he just disappeared. Uh, and he was all out of sorts and never really got back into sorts last year. Uh the good for him is that he has, you know, just oozes versatility. We're talking about 70 grade speed. Guy mm. played right field, center field, left field, second base, shortstop, third base. First base, he's a little short for that. I don't see him, but I mean, that guy would, that guy's going to find at bats the race yeah. on that team. 250 at bats, probably the over under here. Uh, and I'll be honest, I, I'll probably take the under. Uh, they're just so loaded depth-wise. Yeah, that's tough. That's yeah. tough for fantasy. Then, like, but come I, I just, year two and year three, after he gets out of this prospect uh, status, then he's a guy that's probably a dude that gets slept on. So, yeah, um, I, I really think it's it's going to be hit and speed, uh, and and like they have a place in fantasy. Uh, a lot of the the hit guys, especially, have a place in fantasy. Uh, throw in the fact that he's a speed guy as well, it, it could explode, just like you said, AJ. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the things you look for, especially in, in rotisserie and categories league. There's so many people that at this point have just decided, screw it, I'm punting say, or, uh, stolen bases and, and whatnot. But if you get a guy that can get you average and stolen bases, eventually, you know, that's going to pay off because those – to me, I think are the two hardest to find um, consistently, uh, especially on a waiver wire. I mean, you might be able to find a flash in the pan guy that can get you some steals here and there, um, and then he just falls off. Um, or somebody that's riding a hot streak, you, you know, you go with them for the average, and then they fall off. Um, it, it's just too inconsistent. But 
I think he brings that um, back into being a consistent, you know, aspect for for a player on your team. So, all right, looking at uh, at third base here, we'll we'll transition over. Um, you got Josh Young, and you know he seems probably to be the most pro ready prospects. Um, you know he's got a really good contact rate one of the best out there um i mean is there even still room for him to improve the power and be like a true fantasy baseball asset oh definitely uh and we got to see it last year we got to see him uh make the proper adjustment something that in an article at baseball hq i kind of talked about uh austin martin who got traded from the blue jays to the twins and uh you know kind of went over some of the things that he needed to do uh, to get to pull power because that uh, Austin Martin's a guy that just shoots the the right center field gap. Great launch angles to that that thing. This is exactly what we were talking about with Josh Young in 2019. What I'm saying right now um, about Austin Martin, if he could only pull the ball, if he could only pull the ball, that happened last year. Uh, made some adjustments uh, specifically in the lower half when when you're. When you're hitting a ball to the other side, uh, the, the other way, and that's your natural hitting stroke, it's usually to get to more power, more pull power. You've got to adjust the lower half. Uh, got to use your leverage better, all that good stuff. Um, uh, he went ahead and did that without losing his natural swing. You know, uh, I, I'll I'll go back and again, I, I I throw Mets guys up. I grew up a Mets fan. I apologize for that stuff. Um, <laughs> I apologize. But, and, and again, I was gonna say they should I, apologize to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 essentially why I sign a contract uh, with a team every year because I can root for that team um, because it's a contractual obligation. I don't have to root for <laughs> anymore. You know that it's really easy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I, and this is not a comp. But if if you watched a lot of David Wright, like I watched a lot of David Wright, who's from your area of the uh, of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, his swing plane was right center field. That's where he, um, you know, that's where he made his living. Really, uh, the power came from him being able to go the other way, and like that was something that got developed as he was in the minor leagues. Because when I saw David Wright, um, when I wasn't doing this, he he was uh, taking the ball to to right center field all the time, and there was some question marks whether he could hit for enough power in the major leagues. Uh, so, I think Young is is about there. He's from all the reports I've heard, he's a workaholic. I've also heard, which is kind of like David Wright. David Wright was a workaholic. Uh, and I also hear that he wants to get better. He he also understands a lot of the tech, that kind of thing. Um, you know, he, overall, a guy that is going to be a fantasy asset. Whether it's this year or not, I don't know. If there was one potential starting uh, position player that I would go after in a fantasy draft it might be josh young so uh just because of the approach um i do have some concerns he does uh you know doesn't walk that often i think it's more of a maturation thing where i fear gorman is it's just an aggressive guy i think young has i i i just believe he's chasing because he feels like he can make the contact there um it's not necessarily in college he was able to get away with it and and even with his previous swing plane or swing plane, swing, uh, um, uh, sorry, uh, with his previous um, 
um, approach where he was pretty much only going to right center field, uh, you're, you know, you're more inclined to hit that outside pitch going that way. And so I believe that that will start cleaning itself up. Um, I would almost guess that it starts cleaning itself up now, like in spring training uh, when they're allowed to play games again. Yeah, I think the other thing to look at with him too is, you know, Texas was pretty aggressive uh, going out into, you know, before the lockout and whatnot. Um, but they didn't really do much with third base. I mean, you've got Brock Holt as your starting third baseman potentially, uh, followed by Charlie Culbertson. I think they're they're ready to, you know, move forward with with somebody that's actually going to be worth something at that spot so um yeah you can't you can't by the way in my household you cannot down charlie culberson uh my (laughs) wife my wife went to the same high school as charlie oh nice okay uh and so like uh anytime you down somebody who came from this area you're you're not going to get that and and She's not home right now, but she might be listening and watching this. So I'm sorry, man. We probably, we we want sorry. Chris probably back. We're sorry. Me. We're sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I, I was never again of, of a different Culberson. I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, oh, Charlie man, Murphy. So that's what I was thinking of. They are, they are probably going to start. Uh, you know, I, I mean, IKF Kinnear Falefa. He's been. Yeah, he was solid last yeah, year. But I mean, he might but that's, shift that's, over to short. He could move to anywhere. I mean, no, no, of course he's not. Signed, Corey Seager also signed two shortstops. So true. Where, where, you know, I guess yeah, yeah. yeah. So all right, so IKF might might knock Brock Holt out of the way, and unfortunately, take some uh, bats away from from our our friend Charlie Colbertson here. Um, <laughs> So moving on to some other third baseman, though, uh, other prospects. Obviously, you got, you know, Brett Beatty, uh, you got Nolan Jones, you got Mark Vientos uh, and Jose Miranda. I mean, do you think any of these players are going to make any kind of an impact uh, in 2022? I don't believe it. Um, I, I, I've heard some people that are they're higher uh, than maybe I am on Miranda's impact this year. Um, uh, he's a guy that was previously a, um, you know, a contact hitter, uh, found power last year, uh, pretty much dominated, took advantage of some of the, the power gains that everybody got in, uh, in, uh, triple a, uh, but again, it's, it's a guy that I don't know. I, I, I didn't have him in my top one under, I don't know how much I believe that I watched probably about eight to 10 games of his and just wasn't, wasn't necessarily on there. Um, uh, my, by the way, my wife just liked the tweet, um, uh, of our, of our thing. So there's very good chance that. Oh man. <laughs> uh, so, so sorry. Andrew, you're fired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, anyway, she's probably like, what are you talking about? And you can, you can uh, skip uh, over minutes it, 40 <laughs> to 50. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, like I, I don't know. I, I would assume Beatty's up at some point. Vientos uh, uh, could be up as well for the Mets. Those are two guys that um, on a, Beatty, Beatty's not going to bring it as a fantasy player yet. Um, I don't think he – I, I got to see a bunch of him in the Arizona Fall League. It seemed like almost every game I went to, Brett Beatty was playing. Uh, 
and I saw a guy that that hit the ball hard, you know, a good bit, a lot of hard contact. Not not the sort of contact like it was like consistent hard contact. He wasn't getting to like high max e you know exit velocities, but he was consistently getting uh, off the bat there. At least my look, uh, he was consistently uh, between like ninety five to about one hundred five. So like he was he's consistent. He wasn't like you know killing the ball, but he was also uh, lining balls to left field, to center field, to right field. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved the left center field gap, but the the issue here is there's not much launch angle on his uh, on his trajectory, and without that launch angle, uh, I mean it's just average. Um, and a third base just average doesn't necessarily carry it right now. But I think he's a guy that's a good enough hitter that will find that. I have him pretty – I have him a lot higher than most of the fantasy guys do, uh, ranking-wise, because I do believe in that. Because I've seen that in other hitters before. I think that's a lot of a lot of uh, what I might have over some other people's. I've been doing this since 2009, and, you know, I've seen guys similar Brett Beatty profiles come through who don't look like they're going to hit much power – and then all of a sudden put it together, even though maybe their launch angle was, you know, maybe a little bit improved, uh, you know, not making the comp here, but Christian Yelich was a guy like that who, uh, mm. who might've hit the ball a lot harder uh, to be truthful when I saw him in the minor leagues, but he was also a guy that, um, you know, basically just shot line drives all the time. So, uh, you know, you, you, you see a thing or two, um, you know, you, you start to kind of believe it with other guys. So, uh, and I think the last guy that we mentioned, there was one other guy, right? Um, looking at our sheet uh, here, Nolan, uh, Nolan Mark Jones. Vientos. Yeah. Nolan Jones. Eh. Well, Vientos, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not completely sold on his, uh, ability to make contact yet. I think that there's yeah. one or one or two more adjustments needed there. I think that there's, there's like an equal chance of him being a, a a major league starting caliber player, probably at first base, and an even uh, chance of him being a four A Japanese star or something like that. Hmm. Like, there's like this. It's hard. I go back and forth a lot. I had him in my top 100, just barely. Um, the other guy on this list is um, is Nolan Jones, who's who's really fallen off the deep end, and you know. If he comes up, he's going to come up probably as a right fielder. And, um, you know, I don't know what to expect from him. He looked he looked um, like there was two trajectories. He was another guy that a lot of guys argued with about having these same trajectories where he looked like he could easily be a regular player or he'd be that, you know, 4A type guy. And last year he didn't even looked like that 4A type guy. He, he struggled mightily, so – um, I'm kind of off him. I think everybody's kind of off him right now. So um, hmm. probably not a guy to really count on. Uh, but again, uh, the Indians have a lot of dudes out there that, you know, kind of fit the same profile of uh, Indians. I said Indians. Oh, God. That's a quarter yeah. in the jar. That's a quarter in the, <laughs> in the jar right now. The Guardians have I, I oh have i will do it three million times oh. this year i just no no fail it's not gonna yeah i guarantee I have it's friends gonna in that organization i should know better <laughs> i really should uh um yeah i, I don't yeah. have a guard i don't have any guardians gear yet so until i get guardians <laughs> gear, maybe maybe that will change but uh but yeah i i'm just kind of off of him so like that that's a guy i would not consider making an impact this year all right, well, let's right. slide over here to shortstop and and probably the consensus number one 
overall prospect on a lot of people's boards, and it's Bobby Witt Jr. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there's almost no doubt he's going to break camp with the Royals, although I've been surprised before. <laughs> um, even if he doesn't, it's, it'll be soon, right? I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I don't think I just saw you nod your head. Like, yeah, you agree. Uh, so, like, just how good can this kid be at the major league level? And does he, like, in a fantasy league, right? Like, if you can get into this, like, in a fantasy league, like, is he one of those prospects where you'll take him, you know, an, a late, um, like, a top 10 round pick on him just because he can be that good? Ah, uh, ooh. I, again, uh, you know, I, I saw somebody today that I respect, I forget who it was, that said they took him in there 120 sometime, you know, before 120. And uh, they kind of instantly regretted it. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm a guy that... immediately regret this decision. <laughs> but let's look at it. Let's look at it. We'll look look at it for what it is. Uh, dude, um, you know, dude doesn't necessarily make much contact. Uh, I think he had like a, you know, 30% swing and miss rate, something like that. Maybe a little bit above that. Uh, barely walks. Uh, they, I mean, this is concerning stuff. Uh, you know, I had him ranked pretty high, to be honest with you. Uh, he was my number one fantasy you know, prospect going into uh, going into a couple weeks ago. And then, you know, had a buddy just kind of tell me, hey, man, you might want to want to calm down on that one. Um, Dial it back. So I I went ahead and, you know, sometimes when somebody tells you that, you know, you still go full in. But um, in this case, I really uh, dove in hard on him. And uh, my thinking is that there's a lot of things that still need to be corrected with him. I think that this kid is uberly talented and natural. uh, You know, it's been around this game, but like (sighs) there's a lot of hype here. And uh, always know, those one or two every year that they get like yeah. massive hype and they don't pan and, out. And, so and when like, we were talking with Gorman, we were talking about making a few adjustments. This is a kid that needs to make a few adjustments as well. Um, so I'm kind of bearish on his uh, his outlook for 2022, and I think I think people need to take that into consideration. The, the shiny tools are never as shiny as they are. That the, any, anybody believes them in their rookie year usually. Especially for a guy that's swinging and missing as much as he is, chasing as much as he is. I mean, this guy chases uh, out of the zone at a I'll very say high rate. I'll 22% to 24% K rate's not terrible. I've seen way worse <laughs> for some high-end prospects. But, yeah, you, you would love to see it lower in the minors. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, see, you have that. I, I, can, see, I can see swings and misses. And yeah, so see, this, this is all I got right now. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I can. All, it's all the public has, and and see, that's the. Thing. I wish they had better minor league stats because, of course, we don't get like don't, you know the the swinging strike rates. I've for, gotten you lucky know. the last two seasons that I've had nice friends that have smuggled stuff to me. Um, <laughs> and, and this year, I've already have somebody on on that that's like, you know, I'll help you out when I can. But like the thing is, is. Um, you know, having services like minor league baseball, uh, MILB TV, it's super, super cheap, super yeah. cheap. Like, if you're a serious manager and you like rookies, that is 
that's the dude the, the that's the the app that you need you need that app to really look at these guys and you'll see that hey a third of this guy's swings is going to be a miss or around a third something like that it's going to be and a, not a more miss. once it gets and to the pros not, and that's not <laughs> yeah. that's not gonna triple a pitching was terrible double a pitching is terrible like those things were terrible this year i sat through those games pitching was <laughs> terrible so like this is this is not a guy that's that I would have ranked in my 200, 250, really, truly. When I go into the draft, you know, when I go into a, a redraft or something like that, like I'm not looking right. at him to to do that this year. Uh, uh, and you're chasing steals, and and that's never a good place to be. Uh, you know, I'd rather spend on a guy early in a draft, uh, like a Starling Marte, who's like what 32, 33. But like I feel confident that when he's healthy, he's going to get me my steals that I need, right? Uh, yeah. I don't need to. I don't need to settle for a guy at pick 100. Or I, I saw him picked in the 80s the other day by somebody. Ooh. I'm like, it, it's just not going to happen. The dude is, uh, you know, the dude's swinging and missing a third of the time. Like that's that's not good. Uh, so we've got uh, fantasy writer, dynasty baseball. Um, I'm a I'm I'm a bait, I'm a um, prospect content creator. I'm I, I'm no longer I'm, I'm fantasy writing is one thing. Yeah, like I'm I'm all of this well, stuff. Let's so call me when I am. Well, no, no, no. But I was gonna say we have a comment from Dave Eddie, and I'm sure I think you know Dave. I've been I know you've been in some mocks with with Dave oh, yeah, before. Been in Dave's, uh, uh, so been he in is our mocks. dynasty baseball manager over here at Fantasy Six Pack. And uh, he wants to get your opinion on uh, what? What again? Paulson? I want you to just put Poosin. I think it's his name. Poosin. Sorry. Sure. Um, Hold on. Let me let me get my list up here real quick. All right. Yeah. He had he had another guy for third, and and I missed the comment, so I apologize about that one, Dave. Uh, we got another one for Jordan outfield Diaz. coming up too. But um. Is the comment? Yeah, I I just passed on it because I wasn't going to backtrack on the show. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> uh, Dave's trying to take over the show. Oh, third base. All right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I don't know. Do you uh, do you think uh, do you think you muted yourself, Pusin or yeah, yeah? I don't know if you, you yeah. Oh, you you are muted. Oop, we can get you. You can't. I mean, their mic isn't connected. Interesting. Your mic's not connected. Might want to re change over to the other one. <laughs> oh man, don't have much of a show, if Chris. It can't connect his mic. There we go. There we, we got it. Is it on the right mic? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got it. We got it now. So yeah. So what what's your what's your thoughts on him, and can he figure things out or not? I don't know. I've I've never been the, the highest on him. I haven't really dug into him that much this year, uh, mostly because I don't have Oakland Athletics coverage. Um, but I will go into the Baseball HQ and see what they say. Um, uh, this is uh, I don't know who the evaluator was on this, but this book right here, Minor League Baseball Analyst, uh, it's shipping. Uh, I think next week. I was able to get one this week, which was really really <laughs> yeah, cool. Way to go, Dave. Um, so yeah, you broke the the, but see, here's the yes, thing. Here's did, the did. thing. I, I'm gonna admit. I'm gonna admit when I don't know. Uh, you know, don't know any. You know, somebody kind of thing. So 
I, I haven't done really much research since like 2021 on him. Um, you know, I kind of saw the performance uh, again. You know, it, it's a this is what we have written. Young, toolsy shortstop who struggled in first taste of pro ball. Long, lean, projectable frame. Should add strength over time and has at least average power potential. Best present tool is speed and borders on double plus. Very raw hitter who has far too many Ks and ground balls. Has natural shortstop uh, ability. So that was uh, from our writer on there. Um, I just, you know, it, it's not necessarily a guy that, you know, really kind of get excited about. Uh, he'll probably be a guy that I check out this year on video, um, especially now that Dave, uh, you know, stumped me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be honest, I, I don't, you know, like, I don't know, the Oakland Athletics, uh, um, the, have they really developed a hitter in a while? I mean, uh, not since uh, Olsen and Cha- uh, Chapman, like, it's been a while. Uh so like it's not really an organization I go to that often. I I, I looked at Nick Allen a little bit this year, um, you know, kind of shortstop on the Olympic team. Um, but it, it's a it's a organization, it's a farm system that's down right now. So uh, for my top one hundred and fifty, because I only do top one hundred and fifty, um, I didn't really concentrate too much on him. All right, well, fair enough. Uh, we will. Uh... Try to close out here quickly on shortstop and just give your quick thoughts on like one or two of these guys, if any of them matter all that much, at least especially specifically for this year. But uh, you know, some other there's not a lot of there's not a lot of other prospects that are going to make an impact this year. I feel like, uh, but you know, there's a lot of guys who are very interesting and very high up the overall prospect ranking list when you go look around at various sites. You know, we got Marco Luciano, we got CJ Abrams, we got Marcelo Mayer, we got Anthony Volpe, we got Onel Cruz, we got, you know, Marte, like all these guys, like they're, they're all very talented in their, in, in their own way. And you know, who do any of them see time this year, you know, would be the first question. And then like, you know, it, would they be worth picking up if they, in fantasy, if they do get the call up or are you just kind of passing on them? Well, I, I, I've been a, a CJ Adams fan since I saw him in 2019 for blessed Trinity high school in Roswell, uh, Georgia, uh, uh, like just fell in love like right away. Uh, and he's a guy that like, will, you know, I, I think ends up with a, quite a few major league at bats this year. So, you know, we don't quite know what Tatis's long-term uh, plan is at shortstop after the shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we saw him play left field. saw him, you know, not there. Um, and it's not like he can move over to third base with Machado there. So we're not quite sure what that, that plan is for him. Uh, Abrams was a guy that during spring training was working out at second base, uh, ended up getting injured during the season last year, would have probably been up late. I don't know if they made the, they make the Frazier trade during the season uh, if Abrams wasn't healthy. Um, So like that tells you how high up, uh, how, how their thoughts were with the guy. Um, We did this uh, podcast or um, forum last year. Uh, I was on a live uh, game chat with uh, Steve Gardner from USA Today and uh, Paul Spore from uh, Fangraphs. And we, we just, we just, it was superlative after superlative about, um, about uh, Abrams. Uh, 
I, I really like his ability to affect all, as, all, all aspects of the game, defense, uh, uh, speed, uh, contact, hitting, uh, line, you know, working the gaps, that kind of thing. Uh, I think power will also come to that, that, um, that profile as well. Uh, so he's my one guy that I kind of really feel good about. Uh, another guy I feel really good about is O'Neal Cruz, um, who's the uh, um, Pirates six foot seven shortstop prospect. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he necessarily. Yeah, uh, D- Dave agrees. Apparently, he's there. <laughs> uh, but like uh, you know, this guy, all he did last year was hit the ball hard, um, just scolded the ball wherever he was uh, was at. I got I got to see him in 2019. Another guy that I didn't get to see in 2021, except for video. Um, and he's a guy that I've always been a little leery about, and I thought that. You know, longer lever guys always scare me with their contact tool. Um, and I, I really believe that this is a guy that has, you know, his, his uh, holes because of his levers aren't as pronounced as some other guys that are this tall. So, like, this is a guy that's getting to these balls, making good contact, um, you know, uh, a, a real potential stud. Uh, for the Pirates, uh, for an organization that needs as many potential studs as, as they possibly can get. All right. Well, let's jump into the uh, outfield here. Um, you got Julio Rodriguez. You know, he, he seems to be leading the group, but uh, Riley Green's not that far behind him. I mean, of these two guys, which one do you think more, makes more of an impact this season? You know, that's a question that when uh, this got sent over to me, I've been debating ever since. Uh, just because, like, I, I'm, you know, huge fan of uh, Julio Rodriguez, uh, a guy that seemingly has hit everywhere that he's been. Uh, I, I, I saw him in 2019, saw him a little bit in 2021. Uh, and and the Mariners are doing everything right right now. I think I think uh, our our friends at Baseball America might have named them the top organization, which is excuse me, the automatic's getting to me. Um, <laughs> see, that's the hard thing about this podcast. It's it's the burping. It's all that kind of stuff. I'm not used to <laughs> not used to drinking beer while while. Doing see, it's cool. We get to drink beer and burp and mute ourselves, and you have to do all the talking for this <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, usually yeah. it's the other way around for us, so we're yeah. good. Yeah, that's why we but like anyway, you so much. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm sure this show is probably the reason why we're gonna make it any, six times. Got a major league job or something like that. They're like, uh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, he's that guy that burps on the um, while talking about prospects on that one podcast. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was on Julio Rodriguez. Uh, sorry, <laughs> a little squirrel moment there. Um, you fit yeah, right so, in with AJ. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> again, a guy that has always impacted the ball hard, uh, and we're we're starting to see a, a dude starting to really understand uh, his swing mechanics, how that works, uh, a tireless worker, that kind of thing. Um, what surprised me, like I wasn't like. I love hit tools, and Riley Green's hit tool is just dynamic. Uh, this is a guy that could be a 70-grade hitter. Um, and I will say that for 2021 impact, I might be going with Riley Green just because of that. Um, I, I think that there's a, uh, you know, I, I again, for rookie guys, I put a big premium on dudes that, that, 
that can spray the ball around, can make some contact and that kind of thing. I know that sounds so simple, but every year the guys that tend to do the best, those rookies that tend to do the best are those guys with the underlying hit tool. And Riley Green's underlying hit tool is phenomenal. Um, he would have probably been in the major leagues if not for uh, to 2020 season um, being you know, shut down. Like that's how quickly it was moving, which is pretty amazing for a 2018 high school guy who could have already been in the major leagues. So yeah, I'm going, I'm going with Riley green. All right. I like cool. it. Um, so there's obviously no doubt that we'll have a few other prospects that are going to get called up in the outfield position. Um, list off another you know one to two guys or so that we should just be keeping an eye on aside well, from the two that we just talked about i'll throw a sleeper out there i'll throw two sleepers out there two guys i really like one guy has a very high strikeout rate uh but absolutely just i don't know he just impressed me i got to see him in the fall league as well uh it's a so these are two sleeper guys that might contribute this year uh, and his name's Kyle Stowers, the Orioles prospect. Uh, and I, I did pick that partially because you guys are Orioles fans, and I, I like to do that. But hey, like, I really, uh, I, I really it. believe, <laughs> I really like believe in, I, I believe in the bat. I think that there's, uh, there's contact to be found. I think that this is a kid, and let me look it up real quick. Uh, Stowers. Yeah, this is a kid that. Um, didn't necessarily chase too much. Uh, there was a high uh, swing uh, and miss rate. Uh, it was below 40%, but it was above 30%. So, like, that's not good. Uh, coaching, uh, the Orioles player development right now is some of the best coaching that you're going to see. Uh, uh, they're, they're using techniques just like the San Francisco Giants. Uh, like, they're taking break, uh, uh, batting, essentially what's live batting practice uh what really is live batting practice, which is throwing breaking pitches, that kind of thing. Uh, their guys are seeing things that other teams aren't. You know, batting practice is a different a, a different animal for the Giants organization, for the Orioles organization, for some other organizations as well. Uh, so those those philosophies have helped out, and from my understanding, it's really helped out a kid like this. Uh, and they believe, as a staff, from my from my contacts within that organization, that they can shave that uh, swing and miss rate down. And if they're able to do that, we're looking at a guy with uh, with uh, some real power potential here, um, and a, a guy that I really do believe is a, a, a true sleeper. Um, it, it's hard to find sleepers in in double AA, A, triple A range uh, these days, especially with the over. I mean, it's oversaturated. I mean. Um, the, the coverage out there, which is a good thing in a lot of cases because because there's so many people. I always tell people to bounce off. Like, you should be subscribed to Dave Eddy. You should be subscribed to uh, some of my other friends as well. You should have a subscription to Baseball America if you can afford it. Uh, you should have a subscription to us, of course. Uh, you should if you can have, you know, like I try to go as many different places to see what the attitudes are of everybody else. Uh, and he's a guy that's not necessarily as highly touted as I've seen other places. Uh, a guy that I was talking to somebody tonight about that I, I had in here, uh, uh, you know, in, in this is Stephen Kwan. He's a Guardians. I said it correctly this time. He's Guardians <laughs> outfielder. 
Uh, had an awesome season split between Double A AA and Triple A last year. Uh, this guy seems to do a lot of things right. Um, you know, very disciplined hitter, makes a whole lot of contact. Uh, you know, has some surprising pop. Uh, it's not necessarily like you know your traditional what you're seeing with launch angle and that kind of thing this year um, or in the last few years. This guy's a more complete hitter, but he's a, he's a, a, a sleeper, and he's a guy in an organization like like the Guardians. The Guardians have a lot of these guys, a lot of Stephen Kwans, Nolan Jones, who would uh, you know another guy that throws in the outfield mix. They have a lot of guys that you know. Other than Miles Straw, I don't see anybody really having a defined role in that outfield next year. So Stephen Kwan could potentially sneak in as maybe, you know, a corner outfielder for them. Um, you know, you just don't know. You don't know where it's going. You don't know if Naylor is going to be one of them. You don't know if uh, Bradley Zimmer is going to be a guy out there. Like, it, it's a bunch of these guys that are kind of on the cusp of being productive major leaguers or or not um, that are going to be competing for these roles. So I, I really think Quan can find a lot of bats next year if he, you know, shows up to spring training ready and willing to go and uh, willing to, um, you know, outperform the other guys that are kind of, you know, I don't want to say replacement players because I think that there's some some talent, some talent there, but some maybe underperforming guys like Bradley Zimmer and uh, uh, um, Mercado and, and Nolan Jones who underperformed last year in the minor league. So definitely a guy I would consider. So we did have another outfield question from Dave earlier, and I'm trying to scroll up to find it now. Um, is it about the uh, outfield, or is it about the outfield, like the the band the outfield? You know, <laughs> I don't want to uh, lose your love tonight. Yeah, that used to be one of our our playing songs, so I realized it was possibly uh, po- copyrighted. Uh, yeah, so it, yeah. decided decided to pull that crap real quick. I was like, no, wait, no, never mind, never mind. Pause that. Um, so yeah, if we're talking, he, he said while we were talking about the Mets, uh, hear a little bit about Alexander Ramirez. Yeah, a kid that. Um, oh, I clicked on the wrong Alexander. You know that there's two of them, and like I only found the one. I had there's to look up what it was. I typed in Mets Alexander Ramirez. Are there two was- on the Mets? No, there's one. There's one in the Angels organization. But oh, okay. Well, he that, is specifically talking about the Mets, so I figured out over the now. That was the guy. I was so like, I, I had for Baseball HQ this year. I had both Angels and Mets, and and I'm going to say that the Angels guys, somebody that I watched video of and did not um, did not write up. Um, so Ramirez is a kid that uh, you know I ended up writing up for Baseball HQ this year. And uh, I'm going to just pull that out um, because it's just easier <laughs> that way. Um, because, you know, I've been drinking. <laughs> We're just here having a good time. I love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, he was one of the youngest guys in uh, class in low A uh, Southeast uh, in the Florida low A um, thing. Um, and he, he had 300 at bats there. He's a teenager who made a full season debut. Uh, after performing an extended spring training. Uh, average to above average tools across the board. Upright, even stance with leg lift to load. Struggles with consistent bath path and swing length, which pretty much every teenager does. Uh, raw plus power and swing, mostly to pull side. Average runner, but should stick in center field with good instincts. 
and a strong arm. So, um, hardest video to find last year um, was Alex Ramirez, uh, at least for me. Um, we had low A, um, only had one MILBTV um, destination there, and that was Bradenton. Um, my goal was I went to Tampa, and that was one of the teams I wanted to go see because I have, uh, have that coverage. Unfortunately, um, because of COVID and uh, Tropical Storm and all of this stuff, I never got to Dundon to go see them. So hmm. I never got to, got to really scout them. So I relied primarily on contacts and on some video that I got during the 2020 uh, extended spring training. Um, I do know that the Mets um, organizationally are very high on him. Um, but, the, you know, it's an organization whenever I've talked to people uh, from there that I don't necessarily know if I'm getting the full story or what they want from me. Like, it was awesome that, you know, uh, McGill, uh, Tyler McGill, uh, got a great story on him before I even went into video about him. Um, and then, like, you know, would get video on somebody else and or get, get information on somebody else and then watch him and be like, eh, I don't know about that uh, necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, but he's a guy that they're high on. There you know, two contacts that I spoke to that saw him. Uh, both were high on him. Uh, I know that during extended spring training, he apparently impressed. They didn't necessarily have a real extended spring training. It was more like a hitter's camp. Um, they think that he's uh, mature. Uh, they believe that he uh, should take a big step next year. And thankfully, I'll be able to see him. Uh, he'll be at Brooklyn. Brooklyn comes down here next year. So I'll be able to probably get some at-bats from him uh, and not have to rely on contacts to fill me in well, on him at least. Nice. Sounds like you guys need to uh, hook up and, and, and get the uh, the podcasting going over there because uh, Dave does Dave focuses on more of the dynasty side of things and yeah. he goes a little bit deeper into the prospects than we do. Uh, you know, I play in a dynasty league and so does AJ, but uh, I, I don't focus on it. We don't focus on it for this podcast specifically. But uh, let's let's finish off here with the positions and jump into the pitchers and and there's two right off the bat that that we want to talk about and it's Grayson Rodriguez and Shane Baz. Um, you know, Baz debuted a little bit last season, did very well in his, in his, you know, I think three starts. Um, you know, do you believe he can carry that momentum and that success this coming season? I, I believe so. Um, you know, uh, five years ago, I would have probably told you that like this guy presented as a reliever and all this kind of stuff, but, um, things have changed. Um, and you know, this is a kid that relies heavily on uh, essentially a two pitch mix, uh, but specifically uh, a high riding fastball. Um, got to see him at the AFL in 2019. Uh, got to see him last year. Never go, traveled to go see him, and then he didn't start that game, so didn't get to see him in person. But okay. you know, got to see plenty of him on video. Got to see his major league debut. Uh, I believe that the the pitch to this tunneling ability, the ability to, you know, uh, ride his fastball, uh, get it straight on a plane, um, you know, like it just kind of explodes on hitters. And, and, and that breaking ball is just absolutely deadly. Uh, I, I really think that he's a guy that's primed for um, a solid season. Again, he's with the Rays. 
however they use their pitching pitchers it's going to be however they use their pitchers but like i'm really big on him long term he's one of my only two pitchers that i have um in my top 20 fantasy prospects uh of course the other one's grayson uh rodriguez who uh, you know you already kind of mentioned there yeah so my question with him right and, and you kind of alluded to this earlier with with the other or the outfielder that you mentioned about um you know the developmental processes they have now but like as an o's fan yeah i can't help but just to think about all of the bad specifically pitching development that they've had and basically none right i mean we see guys leave and they do phenomenal kevin gosman right like but they come here as highly talented as they are doesn't matter how highly talented they are they all do terrible um so there's a combination of things here, right? So there's a new regime, right? You know, there's whole new management, whole new, you know, development staff there in the minors and up. Does how much does that help? And everybody's got to put into, put into consideration the the they've moved back and up actually the park fences in Camden Yards and like. Putting those two things combined, can a guy who is highly highly touted as Rodriguez is right now really come in and just be what he should actually be for the Orioles for once? Something they've needed for a long time. I think it's uh, he's he's the one true uh, SP one that is in the minor leagues right now. Uh, okay. Pitch mix, quality of pitches, all hmm. of that, all of that in one. Uh, we really saw him maturate this year on, on pitch usage, uh, um, sequencing of pitches, uh, how they were calling his pitches, how he was executing it within the sequence. Uh, we, we saw those improvements throughout the year. Uh, I know my buddy Jeff at uh, Baseball America saw him when he was at Prospect Live. I know uh, several other writers had seen him. Um, several other scouting contacts that I had saw him last year. And it, I mean, it. It was the thing everybody talked about. I mean, that slider, the, the fastball. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's a very dominating pitch mix. Uh, as for the player development with the Orioles, uh, I, I think that there's like seven or eight teams that are, you know, better at developing pitching right now. And I would throw them into that mix. Um, understanding the science of pitching, I would say that they're – they're ahead of the curve compared to a lot of organizations. I'm uh, waiting to see it work. <laughs> it, well, you're, you're, you know, I had somebody from the Orioles joke to me during the 2020 uh, thing is like, well, if they just call the whole season. What does it matter to us? Like, we're just, yeah, we're going to be terrible anyway. We yeah. knew we were going to be terrible anyway. <laughs> they're trying, they're trying to build, they're trying to build a winner. That's what yeah. they're trying to do. Yeah. They're trying to build a consistent, uh, winner and you see it throughout their minor leagues. I love their draft this year. I've loved their last few drafts. Um, I know that the one dude didn't get to play last year. Yeah, that that was a shame. But like, um, you know, this is an organization that understands that like the way that we were developing pitching for so long has changed. Uh, you know, we were just talking about the Mets organization. Like, looking at the Mets organization, it's obvious that like the the major league club and the minor leagues are on like two different planes right now. Um, and I don't think that's the case with the Orioles. I think that everybody's on the same page and I think that's a purposeful thing. So well, their GM sort of built 
the 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 minor league staff too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, yeah. he did. Um, and and that, that says a lot. That that's um, you've got to build up from the bottom up. You see these teams, and unfortunately, like you know, two of the better pitching teams, the uh, developing pitching teams, are in in the division with the Orioles. So they're going to have to compete with them. That's the Tampa the Yankees in Tampa, like, right? <laughs> uh, and, and you know, you know, Cleveland. I would throw in that mix. I would throw yeah, Miami. They've always been good. Miami into that mix, yeah, of course. Miami. The Dodgers. Miami always gets random guys. Yeah. Um, and I would throw. Um, I had one of the Braves. I really, you know, I've been very yeah. impressed with the Braves recently. Um, they've really improved on. Um, Brands get hit with injuries, unfortunately. So do the Mets. Oh <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, they but do. yeah. Uh, they, they they won the World Series this year, so I mean they were pretty. You're, you're happy um, for a while. <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I, no. I, I oh, root for him because I had so many friends. Like at this point, you root for friends in baseball and stuff. So like, uh, having sorry, I, I forget. I know you I'm said you Met grew fan. up a Mets fan. I didn't realize you were still were. I thought like maybe you converted since you're you know down in the Georgia Tech territory. I thought maybe you converted to no, no. All right. I'm not, not a fair. I'm not a fair weather fan, friend, uh, fan, but I am a fan of whatever team I sign with. And right now I'm unsigned, so I'm not a fan of any team. Right. So, um, but yeah, um, I, I think that the Orioles are one of the better teams at developing pitching. Cool. They're one of the better teams that are developing hitting. I think. I think we're sitting here two years from now, dude. I think we're having a completely different discussion about. The I I hope so, man. I, I've been dying. You know, we we. The O's got, you know, just sort of fell in the dumb luck, it felt like, for, you know, the, the what was it, like the mid-2000s, I guess, is whatever the hell they were last good. Pretty bad. Um, like, late single digit Yeah, 2000s, either way, like, this kind of felt like they fell in the dumb luck. Like, that Aaron... The, the, the Adam Jones trade really worked out for him. You know, Weeders came up and was solid, but in, in like... Their pitchers were just good enough, you know. <laughs> it's just, it, baseball changed real quick, and they weren't good anymore. But uh, yeah, the, the pitching yeah. didn't need to be great. It wasn't phenomenal. Offense was so good. Yeah, so that they would get it done, you know. So, Chris, before we jump off to the last two questions, I want to you know, you don't have to go into like why, but just a couple. Just give us names here, pitching prospects that we should keep an eye on for twenty twenty two. Some other guys. Uh, I wrote down uh, Nick Lodello, who's a guy yeah, that I saw heard a that lot, before. Uh, last year with Chattanooga. Uh, yep. Reed Detmers, who made it up to the Angels last year. He seemed okay. like a dude that kind of, you know, he, he he seemed very tired when he came up. Uh, he wasn't the same pitcher that I saw in AA. I think that there's a boom potential there uh, in his uh, second cup of coffee. Uh, we saw Aaron Ashby in relief for the, for the Brewers. Uh, He's an interesting guy because uh, you, you'll talk to somebody and uh, they'll have him in a different role than the other guy. Like some guys think he's a starting pitcher. Some have him as a pen guy. I talked to one guy that says, oh, I wish I had him as a bulk reliever. It would be awesome. Uh, but, you know, who knows if it's this year. But, like, I'm going to always take the Brewers side yeah. on a guy like this. Peralta, Burns. Uh, Woodruff. Took a while like, with Peralta. That was some. That but, was but that's the thing. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Yeah. Again, I didn't. I didn't mention them. That's a. That's the eighth team. That's the eighth team that I missed. Yeah. Uh, when I was meant uh, the Brewers. No, you're good. Um, uh, and and I will also throw in the Mariners is another one of those teams too. Uh, Matt Brash, who's a who came up 
I don't know if he ever got in the game last year for the Mariners, but he really, uh, really improved his stock last year uh, uh, working in the Mariners organization. Ronzi Contreras is a guy that I really like. He's probably going to come up on another question. And uh, Joe Ryan um, is a guy that I've been pretty high on ever since I saw him a few years ago. Seems like Uh, a good name. Uh, yeah, Joe Ryan's very easy. Yeah, he came up with the Rays, got the traded, hand. got traded to the Twins. Um, you know, it's a fastball heavy Arsenal. Another guy that people are kind of split on how he's going to be used. Um, I, I think he's a golden type guy. I, I love him. He's uh, a cool. mid rotation starter for me. While some guys have him as a, a bulk reliever or something like that. That's that's one of the things in fantasy baseball with so many leagues being transferred from from wins to innings pitch that, um, you know, these bulk relievers become even more important. So if Joe Ryan's role is a bulk reliever at some point or whatever, like that's still a lot of value there because there's, you know, that's innings pitch instead of wins. Yeah. And as we continue to see that trend, I would expect guys like him and Ashby uh, to be more uh, highly sought it sought out after um, compared to, how they might have been sought after in 2018, 2019, where those questions might have had them further down uh, on prospect lists. Yeah. So uh, D- Dave loves your Lodello call, by the way. So, uh, but all right, let, let's close up here with the last couple yeah. of questions here. All right. So, just from a, a, a view as a whole here, you know, who would be some of your favorite prospects to draft fantasy wise in a redraft league? Well, I end up not necessarily going after a lot of rookies uh, in redraft leagues. Uh, And that's a good thing for me because people assume that uh, since I'm the prospect guy, that that's what I'm going to do. I I, I don't trust prospects, uh, especially as rookies. Yeah. Um, So not necessarily going to go for them. But I recently noticed while doing research, I'm about to get in my first redraft league uh, of the year. Um, that Rosie's Contreras is uh, being picked after, you know, uh, like 450 around there in a lot of leagues. Uh, and he's a guy that I'd probably target after 400 that I feel very confident will have, uh, and he's a Pirates uh, pitcher. I feel very confident that he will um, be a sustainable arm for me uh, in my rotation. So he's a guy that I'm targeting. I also mentioned Josh Young. That would be the other guy that I would probably target. Uh, if the if wherever the price is right, I didn't necessarily look up where his draft uh, um, draft is. Uh, I'm not a I'm not an ADP person. I only use ADP to figure out what other people are thinking, and then kind of trying to judge that. I, I don't know how you guys uh, play that. I know there's some people that are very strict with ADP. I- um, yeah, I, I'm not. That's, a di- that's a different show, different conversation. But basically, yeah. my yeah. thing is, I use it as a tool. I don't use it as a Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I, I use. I depends use on the league I'm in too. Yeah, I use the projections that I believe in. I have a, I have a good mix of about three projections, and then um, yeah, and then I go with my gut after that. And like, yeah, the, that's the that's more along the lines of what I do. But there, there. But I also mix in ADP with my rankings a little bit because that does play a role as to where they're actually going to get drafted and drafted. And so, you know, I don't need to go up to the fifth round to go get this guy. I could probably wait another round if I really like him. You know. 
type of thing. So even though well, his ADP is eighth time? round, I can I can go I can go up a round or two on him, but I don't need to. And then that's where the value picking comes. So, but that's that's well, a, a, thing a much value picking. what? There's no such thing as value picking. <laughs> if you if you reach if you reach on a player. <laughs> And you could have gotten a equal there value is player. The the there, there is, there is. But we can, it, again, different conversation. I could go for an hour on this, but yeah. uh, so all right. So, so you, so you like Rosie Contreras. Um, so, of course, with these prospect guys, right? The last question here we've got is: there, there's always in dynasty leagues where you know they players don't get drafted in first year player drafts. Um, and I know this is a very, very tough question because every league is different. But, you know, players do not get drafted in free trade player drafts. Players don't get picked up. Who's a guy who you could see that is completely under the radar? You know, one or two guys, if, if you have them, that could be somebody that could be out there on some dynasty leagues and go, you need to go out and get him now because he's going to be a very valuable player for you down the road. Well, guys that are out there right now, I don't consider him necessarily a sleeper type for this uh, this question, but he's out there because he's getting so much press, and that's uh, another Orioles prospect. And I'm not doing this on purpose now. This is really my answer. All lies. But uh, Kobe <laughs> Kobe uh, Mayo is uh, uh, he's a dude uh, in the in the in the scout sense. Uh, All right. uh, dude just absolutely scolds ball third baseman. I got to see. Two at bats before getting rained out uh, um, in Sarasota last uh, August. Uh, guy that I already talked about is another dude, um, Stephen Kwan. Um, mm-hmm. the, the the crazy thing with the in, with the oh, I almost said Guardians. It, the Guardians. Uh, I got gotcha. you. I did, but I didn't say it. Uh, <laughs> a a lot of guys the with the Guardians. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to work on that every day. Sticky now. note um, on your forehead. Put a mirror over here. You'll figure it out. <laughs> but there's there's so many sleeper types. In that, in that, there's so many sleeper types in that organization. Yeah. Um, uh, like a, there's a Palacios kid that uh, a lot of guys are concentrating on, and I don't I don't know what position that guy's gonna play. Like I, I'm not as high on him as some of the other people are. But for every uh, for the Palacios guy, there's 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 tons of other guys throughout that organization. I I, I particularly like deeper in that organization. Junior uh, San Quentin, a uh, uh, guy that I like that hasn't really had much play. Uh, um, and that's more of a scouting thing for me. I'm just scrolling through to see if there's anybody else that I would throw out into this conversation right now. Um, and I almost said Adley Rushman, but he's not somebody that's uh, – <laughs> No, unknown, he's, right? he's, pro- yeah. he's probably uh he's probably he's probably uh taken in every league might be but, a couple uh, people yeah. that know him yeah there, there might be quite a few people that him. no that's all oh, good another, man another, another real sleeper right. we'll guy take one. that's been around for a while uh in the pirates organization that i've always kind of had a fascination with is lolo sanchez mm. he's an outfield prospect he's a guy that i've always I've been waiting for him to take the next step. I don't know if necessarily he's going to take that next step, but he's a dude that's worth a flyer. Like he's still young enough that like he could, he could be a decent prospect. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I noticed on two of the leagues that I'm in, Blaze Jordan's a guy that's still available. Big power bat in the in the um, Red Sox organization. I think that there's a lot of swing and miss there. I'm not necessarily the highest on him, but. 
Um, you know, I, I'm trying to draft him in one of my leagues right now because I think he's going to have a huge power season next year. And, you know, guys like that are great guys to have to get guys later on, uh, get better players. Uh, right. And that's, you know, a lot of people go and uh, collect prospects. Uh, um, I, I always tell them don't collect prospects. Only collect prospects that you're going to move or develop. Um, you can't develop all of them. You can't move all of them. Um, but, like, you need to do that to to be competitive. Don't ever rebuild. Just try to constantly get better through your drafts. And sometimes it's trading guys away for, you know, that one tool to get you into the money uh, in your Dynasty I, I 100% agree with you, man. And, and it's harder, you know, like I know Dave here who who's playing, who, commenting a lot here uh, and also says, uh, you know, Palana is, is a guy he's always thought much higher of the most. Um, but, uh, you know, Dave plays in these like 30-man Dynasty leagues and I'm yeah, like, holy cow. Like, I mean, that's like a thousand players. Like, I don't know if not more. Like, that's just insane to me. I, I like, I literally couldn't tell you who half the people he probably has on his rosters. But, uh, I, anyway. I, I, I've had to, I've had to go to, um, I've only done co-managing things now, um, with Dynasty leagues and Keeper leagues. I, I just don't have the time. I have like four or five jobs. It's, it's hard. It's hard to do that. Uh, I, I, I admire people like Dave and, you know, some of the other guys that seemingly own teams in every league. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, there's some guys, like, I just joined a league as a co-manager with Brad Johnson of NBC Sports Edge and MLB Trade Rumors. Uh, and uh, we were just kind of, I was just like, that guy's in every league that I'm in. Like, Except for my home league, there's a guy in that league that's in every league that I'm in. <laughs> that's funny. I don't know how he does it. He's very active, too, so it's, like, crazy. Oh, man, the 30-teamers he's in has 60-man rosters. That's insane. Like, are you drafting the players that haven't been drafted yet? Like, I don't even know. Anyway, all right, Chris, we want to thank you for coming on again, man. We always have a blast talking to you, and – uh you bring great information. We love it every single time. So, uh, but before you go, man, just let everybody know where they can find your stuff and what you got going on this year, and and uh, any promotions you got, you guys got going on. All right, let's try to go through this real quickly. Baseball forecaster, minor league baseball analysts, available at Baseball HQ and at Amazon and at fine bookstores. Um, the um, Lindy's baseball previews at your magazine, your favorite newsstand right now. I have an article in that. I also am doing the Eyes Have It podcast with uh, Brett Hershey. We'll be starting that up uh, probably in March. We haven't talked about that. Baseball HQ will have first pitch Florida the first weekend of March. Uh, games or no games in St. Petersburg, the Marriott. They'll also be having the labor drafts at that thing. Uh, I don't think I will be attending that, but I still got to promote that for the site. Um, Absolutely. Um, just don't have the time or the money to, to allocate to that, uh, especially if I go and do some spring training work. Uh, you can find my work usually at Baseball HQ. I've Look me up on TikTok now. Um, that's a new he, one. He's cooler than all of us, guys. 
<laughs> yeah, I haven't edited my but... video today. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I'm just doing that to compete with Joe Drake. Um, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, he watched this. Uh, I haven't gotten any comments from him, but hopefully, he knows that like I only did this to copy him because that's the biggest form of flattery is, right. is just to copy somebody. You know, I, I mean, I've seen my scouting reports at different places, so I, I'm assuming people, you know, I, I take that as uh, flattery. Um, and uh, I think that's it. I think that's all the things I do. Um, um, USA Today, USA yeah. Today uh, right. fantasy issue, that's that's coming out soon. I've got two articles to write for that. So um, that's another thing as well. All right, man. Well, again, great to have you on. We always love it. Uh Hope you enjoyed your beers, and I uh, we will uh, we will do it again soon. And I'm sure I'll be hitting you up. I got my my first year player draft here coming up soon, so uh, I'll have to ping yeah, you on we'll, Twitter. We'll own that. We'll own that this year. All right, man. Yes. And as of uh, as of just a, a few minutes ago, before you spouted off all of that awesome information, um, I have to give a shout out to my hometown ish beer. Brewery Victory for the Imperial Cloud Walker uh, Double Hazy Juicy IPA 9.6. There's not many left on the shelves. Uh, Shout out to uh, Cheese, uh, my boy, a.k.a. DK Nugs, um, for for giving me the the heads up that this was at Extant Bev. Uh, Also, shout out. So got a couple of four packs of those. Joe, maybe if you're lucky, I'll save you one. And uh, my, third, lucky, yeah. my third beer here is, of course, the triple honey orange Ooh. triple Belgian 10 percenter. So I've only gone up in uh, ABV tonight. It makes um, perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, you start with uh, fat you don't stacks. Have to, you, don't have work, you don't have to work tomorrow. You're good. Then go to nine. I do have to work tomorrow. I'm actually, kidding. So. <laughs> Anyway. I, I only have a three hour day. So like if I could make it three, that three would be hours, nice. That'd be, that must be nice. I do have two hours off because I have to take the uh, the the two new children to the vet for a weigh-in that they're probably going to charge me three hundred dollars for. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, man. Uh, Chris, again, thanks for coming on, and uh, yeah, we're going to close up shop here. See you, man. All right, AJ. Uh, I think that's it for us. Next week, we're going to jump it into our position previews we're doing the catcher pre- yeah catcher oh, preview i thought we were we had another show before that uh, did i fuck up uh hang on the middle yeah of the list. yes you did oh yeah, yeah yeah sorry free agent trades and uh what you know what's changed 2020 2021 <laughs> bringing on fantasy six-pack writer connor thomer um so yeah we'll, we'll we'll do that next week and then we're jumping into catcher and first base so we'll get there to that one go. later sorry about that connor i uh, didn't mean to slate you there but all right that's it for me cheers guys and cheers. see y'all next week